Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey there, Wellness and Wanderlust fam. Thank you so much for joining me for another exciting episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here and I cannot wait to share today's guest with you. I am recording this episode from my parents' house in South Florida today. So if you hear any footsteps in the background or maybe a few snores, I have a really sweet little spaniel sharing the room with me right now. And so if any of you want to see what Charlie the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel is up to, You can follow him on Instagram. He is more popular than I am. He is at Charlie underscore says S-E-Z on Instagram. And again, he is a lot more popular than I am and his posts are way cuter. So that is what I've got going on today. And before we dive in, I just wanted to show some love for another podcast that approaches wellness from a place of love. This podcast is called Weight Loss for Foodies, and it's all about getting out of that toxic diet culture that we've talked about a lot on the show. So Weight Loss for Foodies is a podcast that teaches women how to dump the diet mindset and develop a peaceful relationship with food and eating so that weight loss happens naturally without having to restrict any foods. The show is hosted by mind and body weight coach Sherry Broder. And the episodes discuss topics like how to kick our emotional eating habits, which I know I personally struggle with from time to time, eating consciously, positive body image and self-care, and learning to enjoy the foods you love while losing the desire to overeat. I think this is something that many of us can benefit from. So new episodes of this show are released on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or really wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you'd like to check out Sherry's show, I have linked some of the links in the show notes as well. I hope you'll check it out. Shifting gears to this week's episode, life is starting to feel a lot more normal again. And so we're going to start exploring a little more wanderlust here on the show. We talk a lot about the wellness side of wellness and wanderlust, but what about travel? So as things start to get maybe a little more normal and there's a little bit more of that light at the end of the tunnel, this week we're going to be chatting with Melissa Berry from Everyday Spokane, which is a blog that showcases all of the best things to do in Spokane, Washington, along with tips for those who are looking to move there. This episode is especially timely right now for those of you who keep up with college basketball. Melissa actually graduated from Gonzaga, which was in the NCAA championships this week. Melissa shares her tips for finding your place in a new city, making friends as an adult, even when you're an introvert, and all of the must-visit sites and food spots in the city for those planning a trip to Washington in the near future. As someone who absolutely fell in love with the Pacific Northwest last time I visited, I loved learning about Spokane and have officially added it to my post-pandemic travel bucket list. I'm going to let Melissa fill you in more, but without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, Valerie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk with you and to catch up. Now, we met at an interesting place in D.C. a few years ago at FinCon, And for listeners that are not familiar, FinCon is a conference for finance bloggers and influencers, which neither of us are. No, we're not. We're not. But I'm so glad that I met you there. DC was an amazing place to visit. Um, I don't know if you had been before. I had been like once before, but it's different, you know, when you're older. And yeah, FinCon was fun. DC was great. The food was incredible. 
it's definitely like on my list of places to go back to when we can. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was my first time going as an adult. I had gone on our eighth grade field trip to learn about, you know, our nation's history. And, you know, it was the last trip by airplane that I've taken since the pandemic started. So it was such an incredible trip for so many reasons. And it was really great meeting, I think, one of the only travel bloggers at the conference as well. Honestly, yeah, I think so. Yeah, when I found you, I was just like, yay, a travel blogger. This is so awesome. I'm so glad to talk travel too. Yes, absolutely. Now, Melissa, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and about your blog? Yeah, so I run the blog Everyday Spokane, and so uh, it's a blog. It initially started as a as a blog for people moving to Spokane and getting acclimated to the city and learning about it. And so I first started it because my husband and I were moving there, and I had lived there before, but my husband had a lot of questions about kind of like you know, general moving questions. So like, oh, what's it like to live there? What's the weather like? You know, how do we become residents and get our like driver's licenses and all that? And I was like, oh, well, I didn't really have to... I didn't really like have those questions when I moved there when I was 18. I was just like, oh, I'm moving here. That's cool. So when I started looking up the answers to like answer those questions for him, I just couldn't find any of the answers. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to like figure this out ourselves. And so when we moved up here and we started going through all of the, you know, becoming residents and all of that, that's when I started documenting it all on the blog. And so I was just like, okay, well, if I had these questions, we had these questions, I'm sure other people moving to Spokane are going to have them too. And so that's initially how Everyday Spokane started. It was just like, what is it like to live in Spokane every day and just have like a regular normal life and, you know, live here and enjoy it. Um, and so now the way that it's kind of morphed into is more about what's there to do in Spokane, what it's like to live here. So it still has that, it's very welcoming to newcomers and I still write it in a way that I'm writing to someone who's thinking about moving here. But at the same time, there's also a ton of info for people who live in Spokane because we live in Spokane now, so I'm always like, oh, what is there to do? And, you know, what are the best places to go hiking? And where's the best pizza? So those are the ways that I'm investigating and writing it up for the blog. I love that. I think so often the creative pursuits that we take on, they really are to solve a problem that we personally had. I think it's the, the resource you wish you had. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the, a lot of the questions that you could potentially have answered, like, what's the weather like in the winter, are very generic. They're like, oh, it's going to be 30 degrees in the winter. I'm like, okay, but like, what does 30 degrees look like? Because we came from Arizona, specifically Phoenix. And again, like I said, I had lived here before, so I knew what that looked like. But for someone like my husband who hadn't, he's like, okay, like 30 degrees is kind of just theoretical to us. Like, what does it actually yeah. look like? Is it snow? Is it, you know, cold? And of course it's cold, but like, is it very dark and cold? Or is it kind of like, you know, like you could get outside and do stuff. It's just cold. You just have to wear a jacket. Yeah. And, you know, I would be in the same boat as your husband living in Florida for the majority of my life. You know, you could tell me cold temperatures and I don't know if that's stay inside and <laughs> never leave the house cold yeah. or if that's, you know, fun outdoor activity cold. Right. So I think that's such an incredible resource to have. And it's a question a lot of us have that we might not think, you know, I think a lot of travel bloggers in general might not be thinking to share. So I think that's awesome that you provide those resources. What drew you guys to the Pacific Northwest? 
Yeah, so I had, I'd always kind of loved the Pacific Northwest. So when I was applying to colleges, I, you know, I did, I applied for in-state because, you know, just to be close to family and all that. But I also applied for like some reach schools to the Pacific Northwest. And so um, I ended up going to Gonzaga University, which is here in Spokane, and I just fell in love with it. Um, Not only was it just a really good place to go to school, but Spokane, the area, like the city itself was it it was just totally different from Phoenix. It's a lot smaller of a city than Phoenix, but that doesn't mean it's, you know, not a city. It definitely still has everything that you would want in a city. Um, And, but then it also had, you know, outdoor activities. It had this really, it it has this really good farming community. So there's a lot of farmer's markets. Like there is a farmer's market here in Spokane every single day in the, starting in the spring and summer and into fall, which is like, I don't know, from Phoenix, that just blows my mind because we definitely did not have that there. And, you know, there's four seasons. And so I always knew I wanted to come back. Um, I did have to go back to Arizona because I graduated during the recession, which was super fun. Um, but that's where I met my husband. And so I was always like, oh, I really want to move back. And, you know, since I work um, for myself, I work independently. I'm an independent contractor. And so since I work for myself, I'm able to work remotely. It seems, you know, weird to say that now because like a lot of people work remotely now, but I was doing this several years ago. And so we had this flexibility to move. My, te- my husband works in education. And so we had this flexibility to move. Um, and so we took a trip up to, he- up to Spokane a couple of years ago so he could see what it was like. And luckily, you know, he fell in love with it too. There's hiking and the camping and just the trees it's just a very different environment than phoenix and we really wanted to escape the heat too so when we both agreed that this was the place we wanted to be um, it was really all of those factors it was quality of life um, beautiful weather four seas different seasons uh, hiking and camping there's a big like dog friendly culture here too like a lot of people are just like yeah dog camping and dog hiking and stuff and like of course they're allowed everywhere and I mean, that, there's that in Phoenix, too, but it just seems more of a culture that's very outdoorsy, um, year-round, practically. I think that's so cool. I know in Florida, we don't have those seasons, but it can be pretty unbearable to do things at certain times of the year. I think very similar to Arizona, it feels like a thousand degrees sometimes yes. in the summertime and yeah. um, beautiful winters, but, yeah. you know... I think being able to do some of that outdoor activity, especially during a pandemic year round would be especially helpful. Yeah. And it's not to say that there weren't things to do, you know, in Phoenix in the summer, it was just getting really, really hard. We we both were born and raised in Phoenix. So I think it's a little different when you're, you know, from a place and you're just like, okay, I'm like, I've lived here for 30 years. I'm a little tired of the 110 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then for me personally, you know, as a traveler, um, we had one, I mean, I think we had at least two years, but we had one year in particular that the planes were grounded because it was like 120 degrees. And I was like, oh Oh my gosh, if I can't escape on a plane, like I got to be able to escape sometimes when it gets hot, I got to travel. And so um, that was kind of like me. I was like, well, that doesn't really happen here, you know? So I'm going to go to, we should go to Spokane. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think you guys did a really excellent job of acclimating to a new place pretty early on. And I think having the blog, you become almost an expert in your particular area. And I'd love to know, how did you make Spokane home? And what advice do you have for someone moving to a new place and how, how they can really get to know and love the place that they're living? Yeah, this is a really excellent question. And I do get it occasionally from people who are moving here, especially now, you know, it's a little harder with the pandemic. But when we first moved here 
I mean, obviously you don't have to start a blog to get to know a place that you're moving to. Although I have to say it has helped us a lot because a lot of the, you know, you try to get content for everything you want to write about. So let's say you want to write about what's going on downtown. It really helps to go downtown and take pictures and like figure out what's going on and figure out all the events that are going on. Um, and so that's kind of what pushed us out the first year that we were here. We were like, oh, we, we've got to go see what this is all about. And let's take pictures and cover it and everything. So honestly, I'd say you don't need a blog. You don't even need an Instagram. You don't have to do any of the social media, but getting out there and seeing what's going on in your community and then just doing it. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, especially in, in this podcast, because, you know, your wellness and you're the wanderlust is that I've never, I've never told anyone, you know, force yourself to be social or do things that make you uncomfortable because that's the only way to get to know your city or make friends. I actually think that at least here in Spokane, there are a lot of things you can do. Like I'm more of an introvert, even though it might not seem like it, but um, there are like, there are free wellness classes that they have here. There's free yoga downtown. There's there has been book clubs, there's board game clubs, there's running clubs that encourage you to, you know, show up at a certain place and then, you know, run at your own speed and you can make a buddy or you can, you know, run faster or run slower. And then just everyone meets up at the end and it's very chill. Um, there's brunch clubs. Uh, there's really something for everyone. So, you know, if you're really social, you can join a more like social activity. And if you're more introverted, you can join a more introverted activity. But the thing is, the key is to find something that clicks with you. And then to start making friends from there. And like I said, I'm an introvert, but I joined, there was a, a brunch club for ladies. And so I joined that and I've made a couple of friends from there. And then there was a book club I joined and I made a couple of friends from there. Now it's like, you know, it's not like the same as like college friends where you're like just going to drop in on them and be like, hey, I'm showing up at your house. But it is people who you can connect with in the community and you can go and see them for brunch or, you know, get together and talk books with them. And it's just a way to feel connected that um, is really organic. It's a way that you can choose yourself and, and make yourself feel comfortable and slowly get acclimated to your city or quickly get acclimated. It's all on how you feel comfortable with, but there's something for everyone. I love that advice, especially as a fellow introvert, you know, sometimes getting out of your comfort zone I mean, it, it is really scary for a lot of us. And I think we don't always have to be pushing, pushing, pushing to enjoy something. I think that just finding something, you know, a little lower stress that you're going to enjoy that, you know, that is maybe a topic that you're passionate about or a class that you really want to go to. I think that does make such a huge difference. I found myself even in moving 30 minutes north of where I went to college in a very different neighborhood from where I was in school, just kind of wandering around a little bit and doing my introvert things and really fell in love with my city that way too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of key. And I feel now more than ever that whole wellness and mental wellness aspect is really important for people. And so I feel like maybe in my younger days, I would have been like, oh, like join all the clubs, do all the things, you know, meet all the people and then get like really burnt out. Because, you know, as a fellow introvert, you know, that too much people time can be also really draining for us introverts. Um, and so I feel like since moving here, I've been a lot more, um, Oh, what's the word? I would say like a lot more, not cautious, but a lot more intentional with how mm -hmm. I found groups to join and groups that would get me more energetic versus draining me and making me feel like, oh, I should stay in this group because I have some friends here. No, if it's not working, just like 
you can, you know, ghost because it's a group and they expect it. You know, I joined a lot of groups through Meetup. And so I think that's kind of like what Meetup does. You can go and if it doesn't work, then you go to another one and, and then you'll just find your niche of people that are like you or, you know, boost you up and make you feel good about moving to your city and getting to know it. I love that. And I, I found Meetup to be so helpful as well for that. It's so low stress. You go in and I would go to trivia nights and oh, it was, yeah. yeah, it's a great way to get to know people without, you know, we had an activity that we were doing. So, you know, you would get to know people, but you weren't under a lot of pressure to speak a lot about yourself. You're also trying to compete against other teams. And mm-hmm. I found that to be so fun. And even though I don't keep in touch with a ton of people from, from that group, I still, I have remained friends with a few and I think it could be so much fun absolutely oh my gosh I actually forgot about trivia because it's been <laughs> it's been so long our, our state has really been careful about opening up and everything but yeah oh mm-hmm. trivia is so fun and I like that you pointed out um, activities that don't force you to focus on yourself I think that's something that um, I would love to yeah point out too is that like like the running club for example it's very mm-hmm. much like okay, like we're here because we're a bunch of runners. So we know that about each other, but otherwise like you're doing an activity or like, you know, you're talking about a book from book club. I, I love mm-hmm. those low stress, low pressure ones. There were meetup groups where you could just join and go and like talk about yourself and get to know each other. And I always just kind of avoided those. Like I joined the brunch one because I was like, okay, well I can eat and then be quiet yeah. and like listen to other people talk about themselves. And I can be like, oh, I'm eating the strawberry. Now I can't, can't talk, <laughs> but I can listen and like enjoy the conversation and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely reminds me of those meetups where you are going around talking about yourself. It reminds me of, I think, one of the most stressful questions that you can get as an introvert, which is when everyone's doing the icebreakers, tell us something interesting about yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Like, Put on the spot. I can't think of anything. <laughs> exactly. But I think that's awesome. And I think that is really such incredible advice for getting to know a new place. Now, you know, being in Spokane, how long have you been there? Um, So we've been here since 2018. So four years. Oh my gosh, the time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it really has. I think about it every once in a while. I'm like, how long have we been here? (laughs) So, So during your time there, what are some of the hidden gems people might not know about? What are some of the things you've really fallen in love with while you've been in Spokane? Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you're not from Spokane, when you get here, so I, sometimes I, I mess up like how long I've been here because I lived here during college too. And just like, mm-hmm. it was a 10 year gap. And so things have changed a ton, but then like some things have stayed very much the same. And so one of the things that when we first moved here, um, you know, we had some people visit us and everything, some, some family that hadn't um, been to Spokane before. And for me, like there's this thing in Spokane, it's called the garbage goat. And anyone from Spokane right now is saying, oh, yeah, the garbage goat. Okay, whatever, Melissa. But if you're not from here, you're like, what is the garbage goat? There's, like, merchandise about the garbage goat. It's, I mean, it's pretty much downtown. I don't think you'll see a ton of goat stuff outside of downtown. But you may. Um, There's, like, hats that have the goat and T-shirts and posters. But, like, it's this – it's literally this goat that um, sucks up trash. Like, you press this button and it's this, like, big, big – it's very big – metal goat. And it's, like – uh, in our downtown and like a, kind of tucked away but also like you have to pass it when you're walking by the river and everything and you press this little button and it like sucks up any kind of trash you put in there and it, I think it was designed to be like this cutesy thing but like you know also encourage people to like stop littering and throw away their trash um, but anyway it's kind of like 
Like, if you see it and you're not from here, you're like, what is their obsession with goats? And then you get to know the garbage goat, and you're just like, it's this beloved little metal structure, and it's just really funny, and, like, it's cute to take pictures with, and, it, like, any age group just seems to love it when they see it for the first time. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's a goat. Like, this is so weird, but so funny. So that's, like, one one hidden gem. I know it sounds crazy, but, um, and, like, if you're from this area or you're, like, from the Pacific Northwest or you've visited Spokane and you've seen the goat and you're like, yeah, whatever, I think another hidden gem for me is this drive. It's called Cliff Drive. And so it's this road, and it takes you up this area of town that's just really beautiful. And then it gives you these really beautiful views of the city, too. And it's small. It's kind of like one lane depending on where you are in the road um but it takes you yeah like past the city and just at night or at dusk or during the holidays like all the homes on the other side are lit up and then you can see over the cliff and like all the homes and everything down there are lit up and it's just like this really pretty not super well known um i mean it's a road so it's on the maps but i don't think a lot of people like really know that you can see all this like really pretty views and and homes too so it's like on both sides it's really nice that's beautiful that I am dying to go right now it sounds lovely yeah you can drop your little person on cliff drive um like on google maps so you can like kind of do it that way but it's really fun to get in the car and do it yourself too oh my gosh yeah and so those are some of the hidden gems what are some of the touristy things we all have to do when we go well, obviously the goat, definitely. I mean, I would, I would say like the most, the most fun. It's everywhere, but if you only have like forty eight hours um, in Spokane, I would say that spending your time downtown is the best. And so, I mean, a lot of this is very like COVID dependent. But let's let's say that COVID's over and like you're visiting Spokane and everything's open and everything. I think downtown is just going to blow your mind and it's blown my mind just it's still being worked on in certain parts too and it's I mean it's beautiful now like okay so if you go to downtown Spokane like you should definitely stay at the Davenport it's in downtown Spokane it's this historical building this it has all this crazy history like it's been around forever it has ghost stories and you know rooms that you should stay in if you want to see a ghost and then it has like really great happy hours too and just really good food and an incredible brunch when the brunch is open, um, like, you know, post COVID times, it's, it's incredible. You should just go for the mm. brunch alone. So stay there and then walk around downtown because there's, there's going to be t- at least two parks downtown. So one for like the little kids and one for bigger kids. It has this pavilion that at night it's all lit up and it plays music on the weekends. And that's where a lot of the wellness events too happen. So they've had yoga I think they've done Pilates. I know for sure they've done spin. They brought out spin bikes and did a spin class outside. Yeah, for free. By the way, this is all free. So park is free. Davenport is not free. But the wellness classes are all free. They have a farmer's market in the pavilion um, on Wednesdays. And then on Fridays, they do food truck Friday, which is so fun and like like kids are blowing bubbles and there's like music playing and just like a ton of food trucks and in the some in the summer the weather is beautiful too so that's when you should come and then just like there's a river running through the middle of downtown Spokane so you get to see the river and the ducks and the geese and we have this historic clock tower that's iconic it's in like if you google Spokane basically you're going to see the clock tower you might see the goat too visit the goat um and then just it has a really great walking path it's called Centennial Trail it can take you almost around the entire city but it'll take you to Riverside State Park which is this beautiful tree filled you know park state park and 
I, I could go on and on and on, but um, downtown, just stay downtown. Plenty of great food, plenty of great fun, music, everything. A lot of things are free, which is a win in my book. So I love free, but that sounds so cool. I think I have seen the clock tower on Everyday Spokane. Yes, <laughs> it should be one of the first pictures you see when you go there. <laughs> yes. So you've also, you know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned the hotel and brunch and you, you do have a very strong focus on business and community on your blog. How did you develop that over time, especially being new to the area? So, so these, this is one of the things that I always thought was funny, even when I lived here, um, when I was here in college, because I made a lot of friends who were locals, they were, you know, born and raised here. And then were going to the same school I was and everything. And like, there was always this kind of like when I told people that I wanted to stay in Spokane and get a job here and live here, there would kind of be this pushback as to like, why? Like, why do you want to stay here? Like, it's not a super big city. It's not Seattle. It's not Phoenix. Like, just what about this city um, makes you want to stay here? And I always just felt like some people had this misconception of Spokane that it's like kind of tiny and like kind of backwards and stuff. And I was always like, no, there's so much here that's just it's so vibrant. It's going to grow. Like this is a city that's primed to just like, you know, draw a lot of people here because it's beautiful. And I think it's a hidden gem and I think more people should know about it. And honestly, now in 2021, a lot of people have discovered it. So it's actually like, it's growing quite fast. And so that's been exciting with the blog because I feel like I'm always updating articles being like, okay, now this business is doing this. And now there's this new business doing this. I mean, we have, I, and I never thought I'd see this here in Spokane, frankly, but we have a service. I can never pronounce her name. I think it's Bridu Bakery, um, but it's a late night cookie delivery service from, I think mm. it starts at 8 p.m. and goes till 1 a.m., maybe 3 a.m., but let's just say 1 just in case anyone's trying to order at 3 a.m. <laughs> That's not true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a late night delivery ser- cookie delivery service here in Spokane, like that's something you hear about in New York City. Not Spokane. <laughs> so anyway, I just really wanted to show people that Spokane is so much more than, you know, like you'll go to like Facebook groups sometimes and people will be like, I'm moving to Spokane. What should I know? And people are like, don't move here. It's terrible. And I'm like, no, like that's a prior misconception, I think. And I think that Spokane has so much more to offer. It's grown so much since I lived here 10 plus years ago. And you know, there's a lot going for it. And so I just, I mean, it sounds like I'm kind of a booster for the city. I don't work for the city. I don't work (laughs) in the tourism industry. I don't, I just, I really love the city and I've loved it for over 10 years now. And I just, I really wanted people to to see how much I love it and like why to love it. And yeah, it has its flaws, but like, here's how we can make it better. You know, I think your story is a lot similar to mine in some ways. I've definitely feel like a kindred spirit because I grew up in South Florida. I went to school up in Central Florida and a lot of people were moving away. And, you know, other than Disney, they would say, you know, what is there really to do? It's just a tourist town. There's not a whole lot. And the area that I'm living in, I'm like, no, they're they're trying to model this little area after Asheville. And we've got all of these cool things coming in and you just have to keep your eyes open and you'll find it. And I love being able to find, you know, as as we were talking about those hidden gems and all of the things that make a place great. I think that there's something so special about loving the place that that you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I don't ever want to like pretend like I'm blind to the challenges that are here. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like 
I think in some areas, like you would think, oh, well, like there's so many challenges, we'll never overcome them. I guess I should just move. And it's like, well, it's, that's not true. Like the city is growing. And when a city is growing, that's the time to make the changes and be a part of making those changes that you want to see because it's our city, you know? And so we want to make it better. We want to make it great 20, 40, 50 years down the line, you know, like, like getting more parks and like protecting, um, you know, land and space and everything so that we have these beautiful parks 50 years in the future that our, you know, future grandchildren can access and all that. I love that. Now on your blog, you talk about different happy hours, different food spots. I see a lot of really cool places to go visit, you know, and patronize in the city as well. What are a few of your favorite food spots that listeners, if they have a couple of days in the city should check out? Oh my gosh, that's like such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it really depend on what you're interested in. So like, Sushi is one of the things that since moving here, I've been become obsessed about. I love sushi. And so in Kendall Yards, which is like a district that's just north of downtown, like you could walk there for sure if you're staying downtown. Um, It's called Umi Sushi. That's U-M-I Sushi. Um, It is terrific for sushi. It's just great. So if if you're already downtown, you know, you should just go there and then... Hello Sugar is a donut place that Mm. they make mini donuts and it's just really, really cute and delicious. And they have a lot of unique flavors. So that's kind of like, it's not, it's not your traditional donut shop. So if you're expecting, you know, like a big, big donut, like covered in like chocolate or something, like it's not going to be like that, but it's just a really unique mini donuts. It's like a nice little place to grab a coffee and like meet up with people. Um, That's for donuts. Let's see. There's Oh, let's see. There's another place downtown. Oh, Soulful Soups downtown is so good. They have this beer bread that pairs like with any soup they make. They also do chili too. It's like a thick slice of bread. And like we have gone there a couple of times because we're just like, we've got to have some of that bread. It is delicious. Um, I feel like I'm going to miss something and really regret it, but... <laughs> Let me see. Oh, uh, I've really enjoyed Cascadia Public House. Um, They're kind of on the north side, so they're not walkable from downtown, but they are really great if you're a vegetarian and you have a meat eater in your family because they make almost any dish vegetarian. So that has been really helpful for my husband and I. And I mean, I think that's all I can think of off the top of my head, but there's like new restaurants coming here all the time. And so there's just yeah, I mean, honestly, just follow my blog for the latest because there's so many like good things and just like delicious things to eat like all the time. It's kind of a struggle. That's amazing. Now, have you had any surprises since you moved there and anything that, you know, surprised you or that you weren't expecting or anything new that you learned about the city that, yeah, that surprised you? Yeah, I mean, really one of the things that surprised us when we moved here was, um, how much it's grown and how much, how much the, like the prices have become commensurate with it. Because when I lived here, you know, 10 plus years ago, it was really, really cheap. I mean, you could find a place to rent for like, I don't know, $500 or less. And, and that was like Mm. seen as expensive. Um, And then when we moved here, I was like, Oh wow. It's like really increased in price. And so I think there's, and that's, you know, one of the challenges that people have been bringing up, especially lately um, in terms of, expansion of the city so you know how cities as they get more people an influx of people they need to expand and so there's you can do it with infill you can do it with new developments you know further outside of the city um and that's i think i'm not really sure why spokane hasn't really done that as much i don't know like how 
I'm not really involved in like the city planning as much as I'd like to be. Um, but I think that the challenges of finding housing for people who have discovered Spokane is going to be something that they're going to have to deal with pretty soon because there's a lot of people moving here, especially now that more people are remote working and they mm-hmm. want to get a house in like this beautiful area. And man, I'm friends with quite a few realtors and the stories they tell me, I'm oh not surprised because we bought a house here last year and it was uh, an adventure, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just like, you know, listening to them and t- them telling me like, how everything was just going way over asking price. And then hearing people that I'm friends with who live here um, who are just struggling to buy their first house. And I'm like, wow, when we were going to college here, you know, we should have bought a house by then because that was the time to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's that's something that surprised me personally coming back and just being like, oh, this city is growing quickly. And um, that's a challenge for people trying to rent here and people trying to move here and buy their first home here. But I'm not really sure it's unique to Spokane either, though, because when we lived in Phoenix, we were hearing all the time from friends who were like, oh, it's like super expensive to live here. And, you know, there's like no new housing going up. And so I just I just think, you know, personally, you and me are like the same age. Like, I think it's a challenge of our generation. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. like a lot of us are trying to buy or move and rent. And I don't know about you, but it's been challenging, at least on the West Coast over here. I mean, I'm I find it to be so insane how how high some of the housing prices are even in central Florida compared to the salaries, cost of living, you know, it's not keeping up. And that's been something so interesting during the pandemic too, is all of the people who have been moving out of some of the larger cities into some smaller cities and how the prices have driven up because you can live in somewhere really beautiful and you don't have to be as close necessarily to your physical office anymore. Right. Right. And I think really, like if we had had this conversation, you and I, even a year ago, a year ago from today, mm-hmm. we weren't, the state of Washington wasn't like shut down or anything yet. I think the conversation you and I would be having is really different, but what a difference a year makes. Now we're all having these conversations about, you know, people are moving and like the struggle to find homes and just cost of living and um, all of that has really come to the forefront, I think, for a lot of us. And I don't know if that's because more millennials are hitting that you know, that age where we're buying homes and and moving and all that. Um, But yeah, it's something that, yeah, like you said, a lot of places are struggling with. So it's not just a Spokane phenomenon, but living here, I feel for the people who were born and raised here, because I think it's been quite a shock for them. And Mm -hmm. it's been a shock for me. So I'm not surprised. Now for you as a blogger, especially during COVID and your focus is on local travel, especially how have you been getting through these times and how has that shifted your content and what you've been focusing on? Oh my gosh, it's such, such another good question. <laughs> it's been hard, Valerie. I don't know about you, but yes. uh, it's so hard. Okay. So like there's two different things that are making this so hard is that, um, Okay, so first of all, the state has been like in and out of shutdowns for like Mm -hmm. a year now. And so we went to... So, okay, so it's fine for covering things here. I mean, it's it's not fine because a lot of events have been shut down, but I can still talk about hiking and going outside and, you know, outdoor winter activities and all of that. But as far as like, I like, we like to typically try to do some like local or like, you know, within six hours-ish from Spokane, like for a long weekend mm-hmm. or, or, or even something shorter, like two hours away. Um, so we tried, we did, we actually went to a town called Leavenworth. It's kind of in the middle of the state. It's super cute. Um, It's like this Bavarian village. 
it goes all out at Christmas time. It's the cutest, but it's cute um, year round because it's a Bavarian village town. And so it's like surrounded by mountains that are snow capped and just, I mean, Google Leavenworth, Washington, it's, uh, it's picturesque. It's beautiful. And so we went and I was really excited. We went, I think a little bit like a month or so after my birthday. So like around, I want to say May, but, um, I was really excited because I was like, I really wanted to visit this Bavarian town. I understand it's COVID, but we got an Airbnb outside of the city or outside of the town so that we could be safe and we brought our own groceries and all of that. And so we were like, okay, we would like to go into town and I'd love to get pretzel <laughs> like with the beer cheese that they do. You know, they're famous. So it's like a Bavarian town. And so that's what they're known for. I was like, I really just want that. Like, even if I can't get like a flight of beers to try, like, I just really want to try a pretzel. And so we went and like we did hiking and we did like a lot of outdoor things just to be responsible and, and just, you know, get outside and get some fresh air and everything. But then we tried to go in town and like they were just doing takeout, which is fine, but it's not that like authentic experience when you travel somewhere. And so it's been hard because like, at least in Washington state, um, you're not like, you know, as a blogger, you try to get like photos and the ambiance and you try to tell people Mm -hmm. what it's like. And it's like, Oh, I, I got this bag to go. And then when I got yeah. home, like, here's a picture of it on a plate from this Airbnb place. Like, this is not this is not the experience of doing it. And so for me, I really like to experience places and then to share what the full experience was like. And so it was just a little hard to write about and even, like, cover because I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm doing the town justice because I didn't get to, like, do everything that they're known for. And so... I really want people to want to go. And I feel like telling them, Mm -hmm. oh, you can get it in a to-go bag. (laughs) It just doesn't have that, like, same oomph to me. So, anyway, we covered it um, in terms of hiking and, like, going outside. And so it was still well-received, but I want to go back when it's more open. And then the second challenge for me, at least, has been it's been so snowy here, or it was over the last couple months. And so Mm -hmm. another thing is, like, trying to get photos of things that are pretty in like, you know, dirty snow, (laughs) when the snow has like been run over by cars and everything. It's a little bit of a challenge to like cover that in a fun way. So I think like, yeah, the pandemic has really put a damper on things, but it's also forced us to get really creative. So like we talk more about like skiing activities and, you know, outdoor activities and things to look forward to. And so it's just, it's just a pivot. And I think that's Mm -hmm. not something I was ready for but I don't think any of us are really ready for 2020 so I'm not alone in that feeling you are definitely not alone in that um I hadn't even thought about the food but I can relate on that too I really have not been to a restaurant and so you know I'm planning possibly a trip to St. Pete soon very socially distanced and all of the food that I was going to do would be picking up and maybe Uber Eats. And so I've been thinking a little bit about that in terms of what pictures am I going to share? Is it going to be my food in the takeout container in the hotel? And so that's something, yeah, it's such a weird thing that we have to think about now. But you're right about pivoting too, because I think it's caused us to be a little more intentional about what we're doing and also a little more creative. I had no idea that there were some of these outdoor art installations like around town that all of the cool things that you can do outside and you know you're in a beautiful place to hike as well. Yeah definitely and I mean you make such a good point about you know what you want to show people and and what you hope that people want. I think one of the things I've learned over this whole, you know, year experience of this pandemic is just that I'm really 
as if I mean, as if I wasn't listening to them before, but I'm really trying to keep my like ear to the ground um, mm-hmm. to see what people want. So, you know, I follow a lot of other like local influencers and people in this space. And so I'm just really curious, you know, are people ready to go out? And if they are, mm-hmm. how do they want to go out? You know, do they want to go or do they want to sit indoors? Because now I think we can be at like 25% capacity and that's, you know, just going to increase as more people get vaccinated and all of that. But like, what do people really want to see? Like, do they want to see mm-hmm. me out and about or do they want more outdoor stuff? And so what I've, what I've determined for my audience at least is that they want a, a ton of outdoor stuff they've said mm-hmm. that they that's the thing they like the most and so I'm like great that is something I can do now especially since the winter is like basically over and there's no snow I'm like okay I can give you all this great outdoor content I like creating it and you like hearing about it so this is just a win-win oh my gosh yes I I love seeing the outdoor stuff we have no elevation where I live. You know, I I think Florida is beautiful. I really do. There are some beautiful trails, but it's not the same. I really do love seeing, you know, I I, I love the Pacific Northwest. I think it's just absolutely breathtaking and so different from, well, literally the opposite corner of the country. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Florida is beautiful, too. I used to visit when my um, grandparents lived there, and there's a lot to love about Florida, for sure. But you're right. It's a, almost 100% different. I haven't been to everywhere in Florida, but I would assume it's really close to 100% different from Florida, <laughs> Washington, or Spokane especially is, because, yeah, we've got quite a lot of different elevations and no beach, so there's that, and, like, we don't have the Disney World, so a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this might be a complicated question, but what is a good time of year to go to Spokane? So I would say spring to fall, but I would personally pick summer because that's when the most events are happening. And so to me, Spokane is really fun when there's you know people out and there's a lot of things going on. Um, but they do those wellness things that I covered um, under the pavilion, those free wellness activities, whether I think they're starting with yoga first. And so I think maybe spin is... I think spin was actually in the fall this past year. So I'm not sure what they do in the summer, maybe more yoga or Pilates or something. But um, that's when like the, the classes take place pretty much as soon as it stops snowing, the farmer's markets open and the, and the fitness classes open and just more events take place. But the more the summer goes on, the more you'll find events like hoop fest and our personal favorite is called pig out in the park. And that's usually around um, like late uh, August is typically when it takes place. And that's like an opportunity when the park is just like filled with different things you can eat from different local restaurants and vendors and they have music and they have a beer garden. It's super, super fun. I think they're bringing it back this year, but like at a limited capacity, but when it's full on, it is so much fun. So personally, I think the best time of year for weather and events is the summer, but the spring and fall are nothing to shrug at either. That sounds lovely. I went when I went to Seattle, it was in July and just that time of the year in the Pacific Northwest really was such a treat, especially with it being about 90 degrees in the central Florida area. Just absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say August is probably our hottest month, and I think it gets up to, like, 90. So for us, it can be rather unpleasant. Um, You know, like, if you're coming from Phoenix or you're coming from Florida or anything, you might think, oh, wow, 90 is really nice. For us Spokaneites, it's a little warm. So, uh, yeah, I would go maybe May or May or June if you wanted to come here in the summer. I I say those are, like, perfect, perfect. Like, it's not too cold, um, and it's not too hot, and, yeah, tons of events. That sounds amazing. 
Now, I would love to dive into a few of our rapid fire questions. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. What is your top wellness tip? Okay. So I listened to your, I listened to your interview with Lindsay and I hate to copy her, but honestly drinking water and it's not, it's not just because like, you know, we should all stay hydrated and everything um, because I'm from Phoenix. And so I like grew up like always drinking a ton of water because it's so dry there. Like that's continued here. Like drinking water is really important. But the thing that I wanted to be a little bit different from her uh, is, is that for me, like I know drinking water is really important. It's important for everyone. Um, but sometimes, you know, it can get a little boring. So I like to put like cucumber and lemon slices Ooh. in my water because it like just makes it more fun and makes you want to drink it. I love that. It feels very spa-like too. I used to love, I, I need to get the infuser back out. Oh my gosh. That's what I said too. I was, when I was doing it, when I had the cucumber water with my husband, I was like, this feels like a spa. I feel so fancy. <laughs> yes. All right. Where is your favorite travel destination? Okay. I love this question too, because I feel like it's been a while since I've been allowed to think about this. <laughs> We've been living in 2020 and everything, but Andalusia, Spain. I don't know if you've been. Have you been? No, I've been to Barcelona, but I've never been there. Okay, so yeah, it's like southern Spain. Um, and so I studied abroad there, and it's just been it's remarkable that I feel like there's no other place in the world like it. It's like Cordoba, Granada, um, and then there's like beach towns like Nerja. They're just I, they're just like otherworldly to me. And, and I was reading about um, Andalusia like when I was thinking about, you know, one day traveling and everything. And they filmed a lot of uh, Game of Thrones over there, Ooh. especially the Dorn scenes. That was like, I feel early in the seasons, but the ones with um, the Dorn people, I forget their names now. But anyway, that's like, because they were like the, I think they were like the Southern um, people. And so like they had this very like, you know, just a very Spain, Southern Spain vibe. So I miss it. I, li- I would like to go back. That's amazing. My school offered a study abroad in Nerha and oh. I really wish that I had done it. I It was out of my comfort zone. I thought going to another country and needing to find my way around, it was never going to work. And I'm kicking myself to this day. And especially now hearing how amazing it is. Oh my gosh. And that's so crazy that they offered Nerha because Nerha was so small. But honestly, I would go back to Nerha in a heartbeat. Like even if I couldn't see Granada, I would go to Nerha. Like their beach was amazing. Their food was incredible. Oh it was gosh. so like, cute and small. I, maybe it's, you know, blown up since then. But oh yeah, you should definitely add it to your list. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, this question definitely, you know, bulks up my travel bucket list for when it's safe again, for sure. Yes. All those built up travel points. Yep. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> And now if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Okay, so this one's kind of hard, but I hope I'm allowed to like skirt the rules. But I'd really like to specifically be my cat if I could be a pet because she's so spoiled and she has like a really comfy life. And I just feel like she sleeps in the sun all day and she gets food whenever she demands it. And like, you know, she doesn't have to like hunt for survival or anything. Like she's just really spoiled and gets lots of love. I love that. I I always say I'd want to be my parents' dogs. So um, yep. I think that answer is completely legit. <laughs> specifically my cat. Not like any cat, but mine. <laughs> if you were a specific animal that currently, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and what is your favorite show to binge? 
So this is funny because usually, you know, I don't like watch a lot of what's considered like reality TV. Or I mean, I didn't pre-pandemic. So like, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, <laughs> this is not me. But now I've been I've been binging um, the Bravo show Below Deck. I don't know if you've heard about that. It's it like follows um, like younger people who work on super yachts. And so it's, so they're in, I mean, I, oh, I forget where they are now. I think they're in like the Caribbean. Um, I think they travel all around, but anyway, I don't exactly know where they are, but the, the show itself is so cool because like they're traveling to these beautiful places that are all like on the water and on the beach. And then it's a super yacht, which I've never been on, oh may goodness. not ever go on a super <laughs> yacht. And so like they'll, the reality show, like it shows like the penthouse and like, you know, the fancy places where all like the yacht people are staying and stuff. And so like, it shows you that like, insanely rich people like doing rich people things and like having all this like really cool food and like doing all these really cool like jet skis and like stuff like that but then it shows like the below deck cast and they're just like you know like doing stuff like taking care of the boat and like serving the the rich people and like living their you know their reality tv type like lives and everything and so it's just like this beautiful beautiful scene like this obscene wealth that I'm just like mesmerized by but then I like watch them and I'm like oh yeah you know it's still a job and like you're just like doing your job like making these crazy cool tips and you're like okay like this is this is what we do and so it's just really cool to me because I was like oh man if I was like 15 years younger. I would like to try that out. I think I'd be terrible about <laughs> it, but it looks really fun. <laughs> it looks like a cool show. I haven't watched it, but I've seen, you know, a little bit about it. And yeah, that that seems like such a cool, that seems like a cool experience too. For sure. Right. Yeah. Like do that for two years, make these great tips, have this like incredible life experience that you can talk about for the rest of your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what is your favorite social distancing activity? So honestly, like, you know, when like the pandemic and stuff was like halfway through, I felt like I saw a lot of people complaining about like Zoom calls and like having to like meet up with people on Zoom. But I've pretty much been doing like Zoom calls with friends, you know, pretty much throughout this whole thing and haven't gotten tired of them. And I really Mm -hmm. look forward to them. And so I would say that my favorite social distance activity has been that like, you know, we'd all pretty much meet up in real life if we could, but since we can't, Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten tired of them. And like, it's been nice having this connection and seeing people and just being like, Hey, what are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. I I've gotten a little bit burned out with some of them at work, but right, right, um, right. no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it I think it helps alleviate. I think a lot of the isolation that we can feel right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being able to see your friends and being like, oh, you cut your hair. Oh, you did yeah. this. Yeah, it's like oh, I can't see you in real life, but like I can see you over the screen. Yes. That's one of the things I always laugh about is I'll be on these Zoom calls and then someone will say, wow, your hair got really long or, you know, uh, it's like, oh, something is different in your background today. So yeah, the conversations are different, but it's still really nice to see everyone, even if it has to look a little different right now. Yeah. And it's a way I feel like just to keep connected to people in a time where right now it's really easy to lose connection with people and at least for me, like, like I said, I'm an introvert, but I still need to talk to people. And so mm-hmm. this is just like a way for me to stay connected and not feel so isolated. So it's been really nice. That's awesome. Now I do have a bonus rapid fire question for you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what, and this might be a difficult one. Um, what is your favorite, or you can say a few if you'd like, um, hiking spot in Spokane or in the general area? Oh my gosh. Riverside State Park. For yeah. sure, for sure. And only because 
I mean, yeah, no hesitancy there because there's so many different trails. So gosh, I, I'm only like thinking of three off the top of my head and they're all like numbered. So I don't know their numbers off the top of my head, but like you can go, like I said, there's Centennial Trail, which will take you to the park. And then once you get to the park, there's like this trail across the bridge and this, it's a, like a famous bridge. Like lots of people take like wedding photos on it and like fo- family photos and all that. So if you Google like Riverside State Park, you'll probably see the bridge pretty quickly and like the images. Um, but you can either go right and it's like a pretty easy path. It's like pretty flat and just pretty and everything. Or you can go left and that like takes you up this hill and it takes you on this like windy hill with like lots of more hills. <laughs> and so it's like when we go, me and my husband are like, okay do you really want to work hard today or do you just want to take a nice stroll? Um, so yeah, that's why I love it because um, you can do it like if you're not feeling it, but you want to get outside or you can do, you can go and you can be like, okay, I'm going to like really work hard today. We're going to like puff up this hill. <laughs> I love having those options and it sounds just absolutely breathtaking. For sure. Yeah. Especially if you head left and you go up the hill, but I mean, the whole thing is pretty much shaded too. So like, it's never like, I never leave with a sunburn, which is always reassuring because that's that not that's not possible in Phoenix when I would go hiking. Even if mm-hmm. I put on like tons of sunscreen, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm still pink now. Um, so it's like shaded. <laughs> and so like it's still a workout um, either way, you know, you go. But it's just like you feel a lot better when you're doing it. Because like at least for me, it's like I'm not like, OK, I need this to end because I'm getting a sunburn. It's like, OK, I can keep doing this. You know, drink your water and just like keep going up that hill and you'll feel really great when you come down and you know, get back to your car or, you know, walk the trail back, depending on which one you're taking. That sounds like so much fun. And I think Spokane is definitely on my travel bucket list. I owe you a visit when all of this is hopefully over. And it sounds absolutely beautiful. But I wanted to thank you so much for sharing with us today. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm pretty ubiquitous everywhere with everydayspokane.com is the website. And then Everyday Spokane on Instagram is probably the second best place to find me because Instagram has all the photos. So like those Leavenworth hiking photos that I told you about, the goat, there's a picture of the garbage goat there. Um, Yeah, there might be a couple of pictures of the goat now. And then lots of pictures of downtown, lots of pictures of food. Honestly, like the reason I'm blanking is because I've posted so many recently (laughs) pictures of food, Um, like a lot of places for Taco Tuesday. And yeah, so anyway, if you want to find me, Everyday Spokane on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, Everyday Spokane, and Twitter, and YouTube. Um, But Instagram is probably the best for all the photos and all the fun things going on here. Awesome. I'm going to be sure to link that in the show notes so our listeners can find you. And again, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I loved getting the chance to catch up with Melissa and to learn all about her beautiful city. Her enthusiasm for Spokane is absolutely contagious. Now I've linked all of Melissa's information in the show notes. Her Instagram is full of amazing foodie spots and beautiful places like the ones we talked about today. So I really encourage you to follow her and to check out Everyday Spokane. This week's episode was our first destination-based episode on wellness and wanderlust. So if you have any other places you'd like to learn about or guests you'd recommend for the show, let me know. Now, thank you as always for sharing your day with us at Wellness and Wanderlust. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you rate and review the show. It helps other people to find it. 
tag me on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog or shoot me a DM. If you're listening, I'd love to hear from you and to say hi. And of course, if you have a topic you'd like to see, you can shoot me a DM there or send me an email at Valerie at wellness and wanderlust.net. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you next week.